0: Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DW, were
1: prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Thanks for watching instant reaction. For full episodes of the Canon Podcast, sign up as a YouTube member on this channel or go to patreon.com forward slash the Canon Pod. Welcome back to the instant reaction. Arsenal 5 Sheffield United 0. That was fun, wasn't it, George?
0: It was nice. I think it's the first time this season that we can kick back, relax, watch the goals go in, and just talk about everything positive in our life. It's beautiful, and a couple people coming in, which was nice. I think one of the biggest things that I took away, and I kind of put a little post beforehand, was it's excellent that we saw a Rotated eleven. I hope they do well, and we come out with a 5-0. Of course, all the caveats of what kind of a team and the quality that we're facing, but nonetheless, to sit there and do that to the Sheffield side, who, by the way, have caused problems for teams. They have scored. They may not have been able to keep the ball out of their own net, but they have caused problems. And, you know, I think that it's not a given to just say it was a predictable 5-0. We haven't done that all season. So to do that with a rotated 11, I thought was brilliant. And I think it gives Mikel Arteta, or it should, the confidence to sit there and say, listen, squad rotation and management could be something I lean into a lot more than I have because here's a platform for them to do it. And they sat there and they gave me one of the better performances of the season.
1: Yeah, return to you know all the things that we talk about, right, in terms of like central access and you know finishing our chances and exactly, you know, it's like you know balls through the midfield to Zinchenko turning, having space, all that sort of stuff. It was weird. It was it it it's it's almost adjusting our minds back to sort of you know maybe beginning of last season or, or something on those lines in terms of how we analyze this because it is a very different game. Um, I thought Sheffield sat a lot higher than I expected them to in many in many phases of play. Um, they were not brave in terms of their press, but I thought they were a lot higher than I thought they would be. Their line was um, brave. Yeah, their line was very brave, and I thought actually Trusty had a decent game. But yeah, um, yeah, they are—they're not good. They're not good. Let's uh, let's have a look at the stats, shall we? Uh, here we are. Got the stats up here. So these are from Scott Willis on Twitter, as always. Uh, obviously, five 0 expected goals, three point two to zero point uh, zero from Sheffield, which is. <laughs> Amazing, really. Um, because this is the thing, is as much as, as this is going to tell a story of domination, of course, in terms of the field tilt, in terms of the final third entries, this is still the Premier League. You know, I, I appreciate yeah. that we're all going to sit here saying, you know, Sheffield are crap, and they are, <laughs> you know, they are. But in terms of relatively, this is still the Premier League. And to go out and do that, it's, it's easy for us to sit here and have our expectations and say, we should be winning this 5-0. But actually, to go out and do that in the Premier League against a team that are you know, going to sit back and 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 block you, which we did for the first sort of like, twenty five minutes. Um, I was, I was, you know, I think, I think there's, there's not no value in that. It's not a walkover. It's not a, oh, it's a simple that happened five 0 Of course, it was going to happen. We had to work for it, in in uh, especially at the start of the game.
0: Yeah, but mate, like we did so with an unorthodox 11 (laughs) that had it play together and we produced one of the more fluid performances. So I think there has to be something said about that. Look, the first 25 minutes or so, it was patient. It was terms of working out where the space was going to be. And I think that we made a couple little rotations. One of the big things I wanted to highlight, I don't know if people noticed, but we staggered our pivot and not to shout out at another show, but, you know, we talked about it on um, in recent times where if we kind of move the pivot to operate a little bit more in the block, we might find more success. Mm -hmm. And I feel as though that Zinchenko operated definitely a lot more vertical in terms of his positioning. We kind of angled our way a little bit on the slant, but more so Mm -hmm. instead of having a two, really had a one-one kind of in the block. And we had a lot of joy with that. Yeah. And I think that's something that I was hoping to see. I was hoping that's something that we could do to improve our central access. Mm -hmm. And we saw it. And, you know, ironically, I think that the eights that we saw, look, we'll make no mistake, we'll talk about them. I think that they they did well, but I don't think that maybe they offered us something mind-blowingly different than what we've seen. The one thing that they did do is there was a lot more movement in the pocket for me. And I think that really what is what opened things up a little bit more. Um, I don't think on the ball we maybe got more between-line presence. I don't think we got a passing clinic from either of these two players. Mm-hmm. But one thing we did see was a lot more movement that meant that Saka and Martinelli were receiving inside a lot more than we've seen in recent games. Yep. That's always been the point of yep. having something and somebody like that to improve the central access. Because mm-hmm. I think that our eights, despite people blocking space and moving us wide, their function is absolutely going to have to be something of, of a mover, you know, and, and I think there's this one concept that I've really read from Pep's book that I think people don't talk about enough is the value of dribbling and carrying and the quantitative kind of superiority that you get with that. So when you come in with a dribbler, somebody like an Andres Iniesta and other people, um, they kind of demand this aura and this ability to move your marker out of, out of their space. And I think that when you've got people, by the way, not just Kai Havertz and Emil Smith Rowe, but you've got people that are willing to carry like that, um, that's that's like a that's an advantage that I think that we haven't used enough of. And one last thing, I think we moved the ball a lot quicker in the second half. Like it's mm. just a simple thing, but forget the tactics, forget what kind of profiles that you're going to do. I think that the speed of our play, the tempo of our play, is just something that we have to improve on from the start. As soon as we do it, we hurt teams, and it's not um, you know a particular passage of play that we've got to do, but it's just intent. Play the path that's on early, quick, and um, make sure that you're attacking the space at the right moment. And and we did that brilliantly.
1: Yeah, no, I, I hear that. I think um I think for me today, I think some games feel a lot more tactical. I think the Chelsea game felt really about that sort of pivot and how we, how we move the ball up the pitch and that sort of stuff. And that, that felt like the, the standout to me, but in this game, it did feel like an individual thing where it, it was individuals completing their actions correctly, getting things right. And if you do that, you know, you could set up in kind of any formation because we're better than them. We should win this game. So I was, I was really impressed with, um with a number of individuals. I thought Ben White had a great game. Um, I thought, uh I thought Martin and Saka, well, okay, they didn't score anything, but they completed their actions really well. I thought Trossard did well when he came on. Um, I wasn't, Will come to habits. I've got uh, got some stuff to say about him, but you know. There, there's something there but I just thought that kind of the sum of our parts created that performance for me today it wasn't necessarily a tactical masterclass or anything but you know more rotations there was more central access but I think that's because Sheffield allowed us to do that and they were they were less able to block us doing that so it didn't really feel like a particularly tactical game to me it felt much more like just a load of individuals getting together and saying, look we're better than these guys if we complete our actions properly if we do everything correctly we will win this and, and it came true um Ketia, wow wow look we said you know we've said many times he's still not the answer but the in my opinion uh unless he does this every week in which case he is and i'm happy to be proved wrong but you know the one thing you can't say about nketiah is he doesn't score goals do you know what i mean he he doesn't score he he, like he, he he scores whenever you play him and you know i think when you have someone in your team like that it's really really valuable so yeah what did you make of his performance
0: it was it was brilliant i mean it's a clear man of the match uh Performance. Look, we on the channel here, we love Eddie and Kedia. And I think when people talk about having the new striker, it's not because you don't like Eddie and Kedia. I think two things can be true. On one hand, he's definitely the best second striker in the league for me, maybe tied with Alvarez. The Alvarez has a shout for sure.
1: But Alvarez but, is playing. So I think I think Eddie's ahead of him.
0: Well, I agree. I agree too. But I'm saying like those are the two best strikers in, or second best strikers in the league, mm. right? And then I, I think the whole reason with Eddie is he, he's so sharp in his movement. That's been something for me that has always said why I've kind of called him in the past a potential Jermaine Defoe mm-hmm. down the line. And it's because his movement is absolutely sharp. It's, um, and not just that, but his touch in terms of not with the ball, but the way that he manipulates space with his body is incredible. That first goal is exactly what I'm talking about here. His ability to almost bait your marker and then use his physicality with the ball to set up a chance is brilliant. Um, his touch may not always be 100% receiving ball defeat, but his ability to move people in that manner is almost 100%. Mm. And, and I, I think that's really his superpower. You see it on the turns. There's times that he'll receive and he'll be able to carry the momentum of the ball in an opposite direction, He opens up space for other people. so. The one thing is with Eddie, we know what he is. We know his limits, but it doesn't mean you know he's a bad player or it doesn't mean that he's not useful for Arsenal. I think he's a very useful weapon. I think he's somebody that offers us something very different in the team. And mm-hmm. if we do go to upgrade on him, it's because we would like to have a little bit more of that in the starting 11 on a permanent yep. basis. But from Eddie's perspective, he goes into Brentford, in my opinion, and can bang 15 goals or assists consistently every season as a starting number nine yeah. like that's his level he can play for a top 10 side
1: but uh, and, for us- and i think I, I think if you are one of those teams surely you, you try something not necessarily in january but you know you surely you say look you can come and play for us because you, you must be looking at that and going this guy isn't getting enough game time when Jose is back he doesn't play he yeah. can go and score a hat trick in the premier league like this is a very very valuable player and someone who when given time will get you goals you know as we've seen so credit to him look you know I don't think we should reinvent the wheel on eddie we shouldn't you know sort of uh reverse engineer any analysis i still don't think he's he's the right quality to uh to be a, a starting player for us but credit yeah. to him to t- today and and he, he did really well um what
0: else should we come to uh let's look at uh no let's let's stick on the Do you want to go to the eights or do you want to go to maybe like your most surprising performance because i've got one and one i was on. most excited to see um i really want to talk about kiwi or um mm. Something that he wasn't tested to do, but it's a player that I've said in the past is one of my most underrated in the squad. I feel as though he's got incredible potential. And some of the things I noticed, by the way, did you notice that David Raya didn't really go to left-center back and build up anymore? And that was because the gravity that Kirill showed and the confidence that he was able to do receiving those zones. Like, his punchy passes sent a message. Every time that they were on the ball. And I think that when you have a look at his ability to create separation in his first touch, the way that he receives the ball, it opens the whole pitch no matter where he is. And I think one of the best things that I loved in that, in, in the kind of that whole 90 minutes, really, in a team in a buildup that was struggling to really impart tempo, especially the first 25 minutes, felt like Saliba. He must have had the most touches, not by design, but because he was really slow in the buildup kibior was quick vertical and made a decision very quickly and made sure to get the ball early to martinelli to create kind of um his one v one chances and so i just felt like beyond the aesthetic pleasing parts of his technical ability he was making really good decisions and then defensively he was sharp there were some moments that he steps in really importantly to challenges and then very calmly plays the correct pass to get us going on attack like You underrate the things, and I think for me, when you look at center backs, if you don't comment on them or don't feel like you need to, then Mm. they've done their job brilliantly. And that's kind of what I felt like with or He stepped in, did the job brilliantly, but in addition, he gave us something new. I did feel in build-up, and that's maybe partly due to Sheffield's press and not being as aggressive. But, mate, no one's been aggressive to us. We use Raya to open up opportunities, not because we're being pressed, you know, Mm. And and I just think Kivior deserves a lot more praise, and by the way, more minutes. I mean, mm. this was a great showing from him.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe the, the distinction that I'd I'd carry between him and Gabrielle is I feel more confident with Kivior in central zones stepping forward than I do with Gabriel. But at the minute yeah. I still feel more conf- confident with Gabriel going backwards in the wide channels, I still yeah. I, I think Gabriel's such a good wide defender man, and it, it's it's how you want to play. And then you know when you have someone who can step forward a bit more. You 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 don't play with Raya in that way when you have someone who can go out wide and split almost be a centre back and almost become a sort of auxiliary left back, which you know Kivio can do. But I think Gabriel, in terms of especially defending those wide areas, not he's the same got a bigger aura, them.
0: like a physicality. About yeah, him.
1: he's just he's just got that. But you know, you sort of said it. When you don't have a conversation saying, you know, where's Gabriel? We really miss Gabriel today, you know, whatever. And appreciated Sheffield and, you know, caveat, caveat, caveat. But that's the biggest compliment you can pay him because Gabriel, I would say, is one of the best centre backs in the league. And Kiviel came yeah. in and 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 you feel like we almost had more. I think he's, yeah, I I really, really like him. I like how fluid he is. I think he's so composed. He seems very focused in the way he completes his actions and the way he carries himself. I really, really like him. I I I think he's one of those guys who I don't want to impose any kind of um perhaps stereotypes of you know people from Eastern Europe or whatever, but he seems very sort of calm, composed, secure, strong, and kind of just like just gets through his actions really well. So yeah, I I love him. Um let's uh let's talk about Kai Havertz, shall we? Do you do you have thoughts
0: on Kai Havertz?
1: <laughs> I do. I do, I do. Um I I see it. I see it all, right? I I see where he stands. I see him completing things nicely. He can give it back to you. He can play the wall pass, all those things. I'm just still missing a level of intensity from him. I I saw him got beat a couple of times in the jewels today. Um, And he also won won a number of his jewels as well. It was probably about 50-50. But I don't know. There's just something about him at the minute that I, I think when he first came in, I felt he was the facilitator, but there was a confidence in his facilitation, is what I felt. There was a confidence in, he was happy to almost take a back seat, right? He was happy to go, actually, do you know what? I'm going to take a step back and I'm not going to be the player that people think I am the, 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 what's it, the Muller or the, or the Urzil or whatever. I'm not going to be that. And you guys are going to have to adapt to me. But he sort of felt like more secure in it. But actually, at the minute, I feel as though he's, he's slightly lost. And I, um, yeah, I just want to say thanks to uh, Siddharth Singh for the ten dollars. That's very kind of you. Love what you guys are doing. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. But yeah, what do you, what do you make of that? Um, you disagree?
0: <laughs> Listen, his his intensity has been something that I really struggled with. I've got a really famous video where, in a couple of years ago, I was comparing him and Emile Smith row at so a time famous. where. Um, Yes. So famous. It's it's all over the YouTube. You guys can go check it out. Um, but uh, one of the biggest issues that I had with Kai Havertz was, of course, there was how he dealt with contact from behind, which I still think, look, he's done well. And I think he's done better moments at that. It's still not consistent for me. And th- the biggest thing is that he doesn't send a message with his actions. And mm. for me, if you're going to be a final third facilitator, you must. Now that doesn't have to be in terms of completing actions, i.e., scoring goals or providing assists. If you're not going to be the output, no problem. But you've got to send a message with your efficiency mm. in it. And I look at, for example, Trezard, by the way, who you buy for 26 million pounds, and ignore the profile differences. But how confident do you feel that Trezard can affect a game on a scale yeah. of one to ten? And then because how- he has all-
1: ideas and he sees pictures, and you can with every. You're saying it there, but with these actions, you go. That's mm. what he wants, even if it doesn't
0: work. Yes. With Havertz, you're just like, what are you aiming for? Well, exactly. And, and that confusion doesn't help anybody. And we've given him enough uh, platform and time to do it. Now, I still think, and I said it when, he, when we signed him, we're not going to see the Havertz that can shine until we get a center forward that works with him better. Now, the one question on the other hand I have with it, is that worth the time of wait? And is that the best use of resources yeah. to go through that? Because I can make ways to make Havertz work. I don't know is that the best for Arsenal and does Arsenal benefit from having a Kai Havertz at the top of his game as opposed to other players that we have in the squad like if we're we're trying to maximize attacking midfield talents at the squad is Kai Havertz at his best the big enough difference to make Mm. this patience worth it yeah that I'm not too sure of and I can find ways to make other attacking midfields work better who I think have a better or at the very least equal ceiling to Kai Havertz at mm. his best. Do you
1: know? Do you know what I, I agree with that? And um, do you know what I feel is? I think he's one of those players who's really, he's really nice on Arteta's eye. Like he's 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 obviously someone who Arteta really really thinks mm. there's so much value here, so much upside that you know. Obviously he's he's playing yeah. him. And he's, he he believes that there is that upside. But I wonder whether sometimes it's easy to project this from an external perspective but i, I maybe maybe I'll, I'll rephrase this i worry that it's an arteta signing where he's gone i can get him to there and i want to prove to you all that i can do that and i and i've now sort of gained almost the the coaching status and you know as one of the best managers in the world I believe I've earned almost the right to play a Kai Havertz and play him through this and get him to a certain level. And I agree with you. I believe Arteta can get him up. I do believe in that. And I believe in yeah. a year's time we're having very different conversations about Kai Havertz. The question is, is that top level? Is that what we need? That's the question. And and uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I just personally, in terms of my eyes, obviously Arteta would see this differently. But in terms of my eyes, I prefer punchier players. I prefer players who are... A little bit more direct i prefer players especially in those positions because it feels like at the minute we've got sort of two wingers who are su- superstars providing or being not maybe not having their energy matched in the middle of the park but by yeah. someone who's able to sort of that he can facilitate them but he's not going to give them new ideas he's not going to say how about this how about this how about this and it's you know in um i trained as an actor and in acting terms it's like blocking and improv in improv the whole point of it in improvisation is yes and So I Mm. take your offer and I'm adding to it. And at the minute he's just going, yeah, yeah. And it's blocking. (laughs) And it's, 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 that's what I feel. It's like, he's not offering something. He's doing everything fine. It's all fine, but there's not, where's that 65 million? Where's that stardust? And that's, that's the issue.
0: And, and, and even, I think as um, a squad option, you can look at a player like that and say, I don't think he's going to tank value but you're not maximizing your fund allocation because I think I'm finding myself saying if I needed to find a a versatile attacker that could fill many roles, I'm not sure I'm spending $65 million on on that description per se. So there's that. But ultimately, the one thing I did want to touch on a little bit with the eights is Emile Smith-Rowe as well. Again, I don't think it's a coincidence that we see more central access with a player that does that. Now, individually, I have to be fair. I don't think he was amazing. I don't think he was stellar. He was another one that did the job well, but one thing that I really liked from him was that there was a lot of unselfish runs. So Eddie mm. would come deep, and he would stretch the back line quite a bit. And in terms of role on the left, I still don't love that pairing uh, because I still think he was best with Bakayo Saka. But one thing I wanted to ask you, mate, did you notice? They gravitate towards each other. It doesn't matter that Emile Smith-Rowe is on the left. Saka goes to the left yep. quite a bit. And when that happened, that's when the game changed. There was 20 mm. 25 minutes in the first half. We were stale. And then Saka cheats left. And they start combining. And the team opens up. I just think I don't understand why we haven't been given at least a 60-minute sample of them on the same side together. Because when they're on the pitch, they want to be next to each other. Mm. And that is the special sauce that I think mm. um, is missing Right now, in some of our rotations, when we talk about accessing the central areas, because again, I want to reiterate, I don't think Emil Smith rowe did something incredible in possession, but some of those off the ball movements and certainly his combination with Saka struck out to me in terms of changing the narrative of the game. We went mm. from, wow, this is going to be a frustrating day to, oh, there's opportunities opening up. Yeah. And I think he was central to it.
1: Yeah. And central is the word. And, you know, we, we spoke about Jury and Timber, right? In terms of yeah. how, you know, I think I tweeted last night, I don't want to over-index Arteta's intelligence, but I wonder how much the timber buy was essentially anticipating the problems we've had this season in terms of breaking up uh, uh, low blocks and, and carrying. And that's smith rose bread and butter. Like, you know, and, and I yeah. wonder whether... The, the, the questions around Smith Rowe have been around his body and whether he's fit enough and that sort of stuff. And I, and I think if he's fit enough, if he's got the cardiovascular fitness, which he looks like he has, I've seen some sources say that apparently he's stepped up in training and he's got his burst back and all this sort of stuff. If he has got that from, from their perspective, then why not pair him with Odegaard and see, and try those driving runs? Try try him in, in, in the opposite eight instead of a Kai Havertz, instead of a Vieira, who I thought looked good as well today. Um, yeah. You know, had a... a to, to, to break blocks up in a different way. What I was pleased with today, I think sometimes when you, when you play poorer teams, you can see the ideas more like the ideas they're less impeded. So you can almost see the idea of a team a little bit better. Yeah. And what I liked was uh, there was more switches there was, more, there was more carries, there was more central access, there was more, there, we tried balls in behind from Saliba to Zinchenko, that, that one point, there was a couple of others. So we were trying different ways of breaking teams down, which we've been calling for. And I think a Smith-Rowe, especially in a game like a Chelsea, you just wonder, you just do wonder if he could pick it up and drive it. And again, picking up and driving it, you might get tackled. But what you've done is you pulled someone out of the block and you've created some space in behind. So it's it's not just about the player on the ball. Um, I want to come to one more player before we uh, take some questions from you guys. Thank you so much for all of you being in here. There's 582 of you. Uh, really appreciate you guys um, uh, listening to us and listening to canon Podcast. Podcast. Um, I want to talk about Zinchenko, who I thought was terrific. Brilliant. Today. And I actually want to talk about defensively. He only had a few things to do, but he was so sharp defensively, got across so quickly, st- stole it off the foot a couple of times. And, and obviously in possession, he was fantastic as well, but we kind of come to expect that. But I think how impressed have you been by Zinchenko this season in terms of on the defensive side of things? And how much do you think it's helped by the fact that we've managed his minutes better?
0: A, a lot <laughs> in terms of the minutes, because um, there was a look, we do have to have a conversation about the injuries. And I think we tried to address it with our signings, but mate, Zinchenko, parte and uh gabriel jesus all three of those players i think they've both or all three of them missed something like you know 123 days from you know jesus and timber rice and Havertz
1: are basically the three are basically the three
0: that we you know you would have hoped and we were unlucky with the timber injury but look zinchenko i thought started the season brilliantly defensively we talked about it on the canon podcast quite a bit and then there was a period the last three games, and that's why he got subbed. And I think he's responded. You know, like, Mm. there was that period for about three games, I would say, that Zinchenko was really poor, and it really culminated in that sub at halftime that I think he took personally, and he should have. He was really poor. But today, back to kind of the start of the season, Zinchenko defensively, Um, is what I saw. And it it just comes down to him being aggressive to his marker and making sure that he's making decisions. Whenever he's hesitant and he is unsure of whether or not he can get there, he gets burnt. And his indecisiveness is really his downfall in a defensive term. His best qualities are what he anticipates well and actually uh, is aggressive to um, trying to intercept, trying to make sure that he's getting there ahead of uh, Mm. the ball because he knows his physical deficiencies. He knows if he gives time, then he's going to get beat. He's not the most Mm. physical player. So he's got to be sharp of mind, not sharp of body. And so that is really the biggest difference for me. And as soon as he lowers his mental intensity, then the defensive intensity follows with Slinchenko. Mm. That's what I think is is his biggest thing. That's a a good
1: show. Um, yeah, I agree with you, and I think I think yeah, mental. You always have you have pass first or carry first players, dribble first players. He's a mental first if he can if he's sharp, he's uh he's in there. Um, I just want to uh, we're going to take some questions now, so get your uh, topic suggestions in. I'll try and have a look uh through them in just a second. I do want to just come to this so quickly from Joseph Montenegro. No surprise to see how it's getting hate when he didn't do anything wrong. I think firstly maybe our definitions of hate are different, but um, what that kind of is the point. He didn't do anything wrong, but did he do anything right? Did he did he change the game in it? That's that's kind of my point, <laughs> in a way, that I think he didn't actually do anything wrong necessarily. He he was okay, but he was how we get 65 he get sixty five million pounds worth step yeah. up of of yeah. of capacity? That's what I, that's what I'm questioning. Uh, question from Sko. George. Doesn't it come down at least a bit to the fact we had a lot of the ball? At place of strength, but versus Chelsea and City, we need a better defender. My Myo and Timber is about he's referring to Zinchenko.
0: Um, I mean, there's certainly games for certain defenders. I agree with that kind of mold. You know, um, I, I agree with you. City, a Chelsea, I would probably prefer a more centre-backy type left back to be more secure. But I, I think I'm talking more broadly about a Zinchenko in general in terms of what makes him good. And, you know, if he's going to maintain the kind of defensive intensity, he's got to maintain that mental intensity with it Mm. because he's not the most physical specimen. And so if you're going to play that, I I think Zinchenko has done a better job this season of it. But he's certainly been questioned last year and rightfully so about it because there's been periods that we've been isolated and opposition have targeted Zinchenko in general. But today it was incredible. It was back to, again, what I saw at the beginning of the season. Mm.
1: Uh here we have a question from here it is. Uh Lali, Lali tia Aria. Apologies if I've pronounced your name incorrectly. I probably have. Uh thoughts on White's role in right side of his progression, considering Rice seems to have a left-sided bias. We say that with Rice. It's not I, showing it much.
0: Yeah, I I don't know if he's necessarily got um a left-sided bias, but I agree in terms of the white role in general. Um we can talk about it because I don't think it's the same as last year. And I think it's a lot yep. more conservative than it was it last year. Um, and I think that, you know, he's actually lacking from it. I'll be honest from you. Um, I, I, and I think that Ben White, um, he's actually probably, for me, got the best switches in the back line. And we don't see it enough. And with a more conservative role, I feel as though, I don't know why he doesn't do it as much, because I do feel he's got the most success with it. Certainly right to left. And partly, I think it's because Saliba's got more of the reins in terms of a build-up progression. So by the time... White is receiving it. He's receiving it under a press, so it makes it a little bit more difficult to do. But um, it's definitely something I want to see more of, and I want to see Rice out of this 3-2, and I want us to step up to a 2-3, mate. Like, I think that's my biggest... I want us to be more aggressive. I -hmm. think that we're just a little bit more conservative. That could be because Mikel wants more control of games. He's identified that as a reason for Mm -hmm. why last year we were able to be transitioned on a little bit more. But I think if we're talking White's role in specifics... Getting that boy high and wide and being able to interchange with Saka makes him, Saka on the right-hand side, sing more. And the deeper he is, the longer he is, I think the more we struggle on that side.
1: Yep. Uh, point from Manuel Villalobos, who says, 5 nail to Arsenal, we were missing Odegaard, Jesus, Partey, Gabriel. I think, you know, that that is a, a very important point. And I think, you know, we expected that to happen because we're Arsenal and we expect them to just, you know, turn up and steamroller them. But we did it with a massively rotated 11 and we actually went out and did it. It's not as easy as just, you know, come on. It's not FIFA. You know, we had to actually go out and do it. Uh, Marcelo Rodriguez says, lads, five nil, are buzzing, 3.30 a.m. in Australia. Woke up my neighbourhood when I saw Eddie's thuddy (laughs) bastard. Three. What a goal. We haven't really discussed that third goal. (laughs) What a finish. What a finish. I was like, oh, Unbelievable. Uh point from man in the mirror. I'm talking about the man in the mirror. Uh, the impact of our subs all season has been excellent. Yeah, I think broadly, I think there's something something's changed with our with our subs in terms of how Mikel's managing it. I think he's doing better
0: he he definitely has a better idea about when where and what to do <laughs> i mean in general i think like it's a sense
1: isn't it like as, as much as much yeah. as it is you know what's at your play at your disposal because they're your players but you also have a sense of i think this game needs this it's hard to tell and that takes time to 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 master
0: he is some but let's not make no mistake about it michael knows more than most people even in the coaching sphere he's no. one of the top coaches not more than me, mate. Uh, yeah, exactly but um, I just feel like he needs to have the confidence to be able to trust his gut a little bit more. And yeah. I think people that are super smart—you see this quite a bit—they're so overanalytical about the littlest of things that you can almost—it's um, like you know, you're not able to see the forest between the trees in, in a sense. And I think he got a little bit into that last season. When he's got time, he's been able to show his subs, and they've been brilliant. They have rescued quite a bit of game states from us, you know, yeah. in, in the season so far. Percent. Right.
1: We'll leave it there. Um, <laughs> Just realised, Jude Bellingham, he's done it again.
0: He's oh, dude, done it again.
1: again. It was it. They were one nil down. He turned it round, 68th minute, and 90 plus two to score the winner away in the Clasico against Barcelona.
0: That's that's another boy that's uh, that's making his mark. And when you realise Jude and Rice for um, everybody in Germany, right? You know, it's going to be interesting. It, can we demand England to win an international cup with this I, level of talent? like everybody wants to beat around the bush Bef- just before we end as, as an observer yeah, from yeah. afar why isn't that the demand where it's like you are one of the best squads in the world you should be doing it and anything yeah. less is failure at this let me, let me, t-
1: let me tell you why as an English bloke I'll tell you what people don't want to get hurt again <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to set expectations I mean honestly I don't I think I knew at that point I the Euro 2020 final I cried I cried when yeah. that happened. It was that it's yeah. it's that painful. It's yeah. that painful, and I don't think anyone wants to sort of set those expectations and go, "We should be." But you know, Kane, Saka, Grealish, Rice, Bellingham, Stones, like we've got Harry Maguire, Charlie. You know mean? We've got. Squad. It's an yeah. unbelievable team.
0: Is, is so, there another national team that could rival that, bar France? Let's say in talent.
1: I don't. I don't think individual talent wise, no.
0: You can't, you know. Where,
1: where's Germany at these days? Probably not.
0: No, the Germany's been France. poor. France, you know? Italy's on the come up. Netherlands are on the come up. Yeah, there's no big team that's really got that level of talent. And I'm just, I'm thinking to myself, look, anything can happen in a tournament. We analyze these things, but going in, my goodness,
1: Portugal's a shout. Portugal's a really good shout, actually. Yeah.
0: Portugal's got really good talent as well. um But yeah, I, I, even with a poor manager, even with all these excuses. For me talent reigns supreme especially in a tournament i, I think yeah. that over a season you can understand the impact of a coach yeah but like in a in a tournament yeah yeah i don't know yeah. i would be demanding a win <laughs> yeah,
1: for sure for sure no pressure guys <laughs> <laughs> right we'll leave it there thanks for watching the interaction. really appreciate it uh check out the of podcast we post uh the first half of the show twice a week on our youtube channel we also have the rest of the show behind a, uh on patreon and you can check it out on a free trial have a listen. See if you like it. If you don't, cancel. No problem. Um, and we'll all, always be here after every game for instant reactions. Um like and subscribe. See you guys soon. Bye bye. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.